Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program, His Word, where we look into the Word of God and get to know what God is saying to us through His Word. Humans today are actually making a lot of research on how to make a relationship or how to worship God or just to have a connection with the divine being. But some of these methods, actually all of these methods, the Bible says they will never make man to know God. Today we are looking into that, a scripture found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and it's verse 21, that the human wisdom will never actually make them to know God. I believe God is going to minister to you through his word and your life will be changed. First Corinthians chapter 1. We shall just read one or two verses, but I will read verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know, did not know God. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Father, we thank you for your word. May it minister to us as you please today in Jesus' name. The title of the message today is Human Wisdom Will Never Make Someone to Know God. We live in a time where there is so much knowledge and freedom of religion. There is so much freedom you can worship whatever you like. I think you know that. People worship many, many things that exist. There is freedom to have a God that you believe helps you. There are so many of these beliefs that we experience today. There is actually what they refer to as soft and hard uh, psychological uh, type of worship of God. There are people who have the, 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 the soft God. The soft God will be the one that is psychological and the hard one is where you believe in something like a, an idol. So we have all this personification of the natural God and how I can worship God and what I think God is. We live in a time where everything has to be proven. Those who have done statistics, who have done mathematics and all those uh, quantitative uh, things, maybe even in science, you have to prove that this is this, prove that this is equal to that. You need to prove that God is God. So humanity has actually proven that. That is what we refer to as wisdom, as human wisdom. Let me just explain what wisdom is. Wisdom is actually the experience, the knowledge, of understanding, or the common sense of of any insight of anything, just the understanding of whatever is there, you understand it as wisdom. Paul refers to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught by, man, by human words, but words taught by the Spirit. It is the human wisdom, the human understanding that this is how things are. So Paul is writing to these people in the church of Corinth, in the Corinthian community, that you have to know this. This God that we preach has wisdom, but what he is preaching or what he has revealed through his son, who is Jesus Christ, is foolishness to you. Now, this was a community 
that believed in knowledge. They knew that for them to be something, they had to learn. So you know that Paul was one of the people who was educated. So if you read the, 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 first, uh, the next verse from where we read, it says, Jews demand sign and Greeks look for wisdom. Now, the Greeks, they look for wisdom. What was the wisdom? If, as I've talked about statistics, these are people who know that they have to prove things. They believe in psychological understanding of God. Of This is the God that I think he is. That's the challenge that we have today. So we have the people who are educated and the people who are not educated, they view God differently, but they interpret him in their way. So if you go back to the Corinthian uh, church, these people, they were influenced by the teachings of Plato or the philosophy of Plato, and they believed in these things. They did not believe that a soul that is holy, actually, they believe in dualism where you have the soul and the spirit, uh, the soul and the body. So they believed in that a person cannot have a spirit or the soul in him. Let me just use that, the soul in him. So they did not believe in Jesus Christ coming as a holy person or a holy spirit, someone who is holy, to come and be in the body inclination and live on this earth. They did not believe that. And to them that was foolishness because it was not logic. So anything that is not logic is just regarded as foolishness. So the issue of salvation to the Greeks did not make sense. They did not believe that a holy God in heaven could send Jesus and live on this dirty earth. That's why if you read the first book of John, chapter 4, verse 2, verse two to 3, there John says, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus Christ is not from God. He said that because there was this confusion that Jesus was not a son of God. God could not put the spirit of, cannot have a, his son who is so holy to be on this earth. That was a philosophy that was there. And John again said it in, in John 1 verse 14 that the world came, which Jesus came, became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. He made his dwelling among us. Jesus became flesh. And then I'm coming now to the signs of the Jews that they demanded. What is it that the Jews demanded? The Jews, they demanded signs. These were people, these were scribes and the people who believed in uh, the, the Torah or the laws of Moses. They believed that they had to be circumcised. They believed in the festivals. They believed in the events that made them to realize that we are Jews. If we're talking of the sign, they wanted something that will confirm that we have an agreement with God. I want to come to our generation today. We live in a time where people, as I said earlier, they have so many philosophies in their mind. We are living in the time of, let me say, it's an African worldview, which is so, so much common. I so much want to talk about it because it is where our young people are going into, where they believe that I believe in what my ancestors told, what they believed in, because some of these things that these Jews and this Greek they believed in had been cascaded from generations to generation. So these generations that we have today, they believe in that, what if I go back to my forefathers' religion and worship their God? 
One thing that we have to know, I will bring it to the context of the African people in the Southern African. You see, Africans is very difficult to preach to us as Swazis, maybe in the Southern part of, of Africa, to tell us there is no God. We'll just laugh at you. It's natural, we know that. We've had God. Whatever you can say, we might not believe in Jesus, but we know there is a divine being who is God. That we know as Africans. And that's what makes us that they, we are not having so many th uh, people who don't believe uh, in God in us as Africans. We believe there is a God. But when things change is how we relate. Surprisingly, as the Swazi people or the Bantu people, we know that you cannot approach this divine being as you are. You need a medium. You need someone to communicate with you. And then this is where we mess up. Our belief is that we need an ancestor that will communicate with our God. But what is good in that is that we understand there is life after death. We don't doubt that. So these are philosophies that have been put in today's community. And people are confused that what is it that is happening? There is so much of this preaching. Someone, actually, some of them, they actually even stand in church and preach, yet they are engaged in this cultural, traditional, uh, uh, evil acts. And they claim to be Christians. But the fact is, they do not. So Paul is saying the human wisdom, because that is wisdom, that is what we regard as wisdom, what our forefathers have given us. We regard this as wisdom. And the Bible says this wisdom did not make men to know God. These teachings and all these beliefs that we have had and that we are having now, all these things, they will not make you to know God. Now, what is knowing God? Because that's what we have to understand now. Knowing God, first of all, I think what we just generally know is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Accept him as the Lord and Savior. If you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't know God. This is a term that is mostly used in the Bible. You have to know God. Now, God refers to the whole redemption story as a foolish thing to the people who are Jews and the Greeks. Because they demand a sign, so it, to them it's not logical, so it is foolish. Think of something, because it's above your understanding, you just say, no, this is foolish. I cannot believe. Do we really believe in God? Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with God? You need that relationship so you know who God is. Knowing God is an intimate relationship with God. Romans 9, uh, 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, because the issue of salvation is not one that needs science. It's not one that needs some philosophical understanding that I can confuse you, that when you raise your hand, this is what will happen, and you will feel that something that will make you like this. And tonight, that's not the gospel. It's the work of the Lord. Justification is just done by God, and sanctification is a process that continues. Because maybe I can explain some of these processes of salvation. There are only three. There's the one that you just get when you get saved. That is your justification. You are in the right standing with God. And then there's sanctification, which is where we are. Because that will end when we die. 
That, that's where, as we're here, we are learning and God is teaching us some of the things that we have to remove in our lives. You stop uh, some of those practices in your journey into, uh, into, your, into, into, into Christian, into death or into heaven, in meeting Jesus Christ. And as you walk in this journey, you leave some of these things. And then when you die, there is glorification that will happen when Jesus Christ comes. That's the final stage of our Christianity, of our salvation, or you call it the redemption story. But if you talk about knowing God's salvation, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It does not make sense. So we regard it as foolish. You've heard people preaching serious sermons that we cannot have a Jew that doesn't even know me, that doesn't, has never seen me. He died so many years ago, and you say he has died for me. And I have eternal life. I think you've had those teachings. I think you've actually seen some videos on the social media that actually dispute the, 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 the salvation. It's because they think they have the wisdom. They think that's wisdom, but God is saying that wisdom is foolishness. Knowing God is doing his commands. First John chapter 2, verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Obeying God, doing God's commands. And they are not burdensome especially to us of the New Testament. As long as you listen to the Holy Spirit, you will never, ever go against God's command because the Holy Spirit actually speaks the mind of God. Do we understand what God has put in us? His real spirit, himself. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to take control over your life, the, may, the way you think, the way you do things, they align automatically to God. As we sang the song, and God occupies you, and you let the Holy Spirit to reign in you, wow, you will align to his purpose. There is nothing that is as fulfilling as fu aligning to God's purpose. And it is my prayer that we align to his purpose, align to God's doing, to the word of God. Forget about those philosophies. Because if we try to understand God, someone says he stops being God. If we try to comprehend and prove psychologically or in whatever way the death of Jesus Christ, the whole redemption story becomes irreal because we cannot understand God. He made it so simple. Just believe the word. Just believe that I came as God and died. Not knowing God is evidence in our actions, unfortunately where we do things that are detestable. Now, Titus 1, 16 says, they claim to know God, but their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. That is when you disobey God. Knowing God is evidenced by the, also by the life of love. Life of love. First John chapter 4, verse 7, unfortunately, John uh, does a lot of talking about the love of God. Because he was talking to a community, maybe some other day we will talk about what was happening in the time John, and actually what made John to write John. 
because there were reasons he wanted to clarify things because the people did not believe actually maybe just a brief they did not believe that jesus christ uh, came in the flesh so uh, there was this talking that jesus was not actually a human being so he had to clarify some of these things so we read first uh, john chapter 4 verse 7 he says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from god Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And then he, 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 he emphasized the love of God in, chapter, in verse 9, that this is how God showed his love amongst us, that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That is the sending of Jesus Christ. That is the whole redemption story. Now, for you to know God, you have to accept the redemption story as simple as it is. As simple as it is, not as complex, but as simple as it is, you have to accept it because it is what God wants us to know. As we come to the conclusion of the sermon, your all means or whatever trials, all the teachings, all the false doctrines and the false proofs of God, the Bible says they will never make you to know God. The only way to know God is to accept him, as we have said, just to accept him. Then it will make you to know God. Once you know God, you'll have that peace and you'll have that eternal life. Never try or do not try to over-scrutinize the issue of salvation. This is just an issue that needs faith. Believe it, Jesus came. Believe it, I'm saved. Believe it, I have eternal life. I've said it, I think I've also said it here, over and over again. I don't have a certificate of Christianity. And none of you, even the biggest pastor you can regard, there is no certificate, no sign that you are a Christian. But it's all in faith. That is what will make us know God. No study will ever be done that will make God, that will make a person, a human being to know God. There are so much of this philosophy. Some of them are so complex, you read and you actually get confused. They will never make you to know God. Now, this mystery, which we can regard as foolishness, is illogical, but that is God's wisdom. If we go back to the word uh, where we read, I want to conclude. Someone, if you can read for me again, verse 21, 22, I think up to 25, where he talks about uh, Jesus and the foolishness of God. That will be the final. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Now, what is the foolishness? It is what we fail to comprehend. We fail to psychologically understand that we fail to understand it in terms of sign. The whole redemption story, which we regard as foolish, as people of today who think we are wise, we regard it as foolish. 
And then, because that is what is, we, think, we think is foolish, it's actually wiser. God has the wise, as we regard it as something that is foolish. To God, that's not foolish. The Bible says in the same verses, it is his wisdom. The whole redemption story, it is his wisdom. Now, human wisdom is so little that it fails to comprehend God's wisdom. And then that thing that we think is, is wisdom is foolishness to God. So his wisdom is too high. So Paul is trying to make them understand that whatever you think you understand, God is way, way above that. You just have to believe what we preach, which is Christ as pure as he is. So there is nothing that we're going to give to you that will emphasize or prove that God is God and you are now a Christian other than your faith. It all goes back to that. Amen. I encourage you this week as we go. It's just to exhort you. It's more of a systematic theology sermon that reminds us that the issue of salvation does not need proof. Even if you get those social media talks that talk about God being this and this in terms of proofs, please know that the Bible says we preach Christ as simple. The, the, the message of the cross will remain simple. It needs just faith. Amen. Well, that's the end of the session today. I believe the word of God has ministered to your life and your life has changed. And now you understand that for you to have a relationship with the Lord God Almighty, there is only one way and it's through the Lord Jesus Christ, which men regard as foolish because it's ununderstandable and it's illogical and something that is actually doesn't make sense when you think of how salvation is but that's how god works he wants us to have faith in him and believe in his word in his word and he acts exactly as the word has said because the word tells us the mind of god and what god has done for us i believe you have been blessed and let's meet next time